Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. After we met at a conference, Bonnie asked if she could shadow me for a couple of days to learn some best practices related to our work. That was a gift. We spent time together not just working, but also getting to know each other. We learned her oldest and my youngest had a lot in common. As moms, we bonded, and as co-workers, we collaborated. I had the pleasure of visiting her a couple of times in Idaho. Our friendship blossomed. I've learned from her, and she has learned from me. Isn't that part of the definition of friendship? All right. Welcome, Bonnie. This is so Wonderful. I'm trying to think of new adjectives, but it is wonderful. It is a thing of wonder because, you know, we haven't even known each other that long. It's probably all of uh, like a year and a half, maybe two years the most. It hasn't, you know, hasn't been that long. And yet here we are, friends talking across not the entire country, but a good portion of it anyway. So, um, we met in New York at a conference. You live in Idaho. I live in California. And yet geography could not stop us from becoming friends. You were instrumental in mentoring our youngest at a time when she wasn't sure which way to turn after graduating from high school. And you looked to me for some work-related advice as I had been in the field for 15 years. So here we are a couple of years later, and um, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really happy and honored, truly, to be talking with you today, as I am honored to talk to you anytime. <laughs> and I feel the same. I feel the same. Okay, let's get started. Three words you would use to describe yourself. Oh dear. Um, colorful. <laughs> Probably more vibrant. I guess would be a better a better word. Vibrant. Um, oh, expressive. And discerning. Oh, I like those. That's an interesting combo because you would not. The vibrant and the colorful, yes, you would picture those together, but then throw discerning in there. I like that because it kind of sort of balances it out. Very good. Excellent. Yes. Bonnie, what's one of the scariest things you have ever done? <laughs> uh, let's see. Scariest things I've ever done. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I I tend to be quite brave. Um, so there, there are several things I could list that I would like to do that I haven't done yet. 
that are super scary to most people, like jumping out of an airplane. That's on my bucket list, but I haven't done that yet. Um, you know, I, I'm probably going to have to say, ask for ketchup. In, in what sense do you mean that? It's a, it's a funny, funny story. Um, I, I was a very shy kid. And I had to ask for ketchup once, and I was so terrified. I stood there shivering in fear because I was so scared of people. Was this at a restaurant? Yes, it was at McDonald's. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My mother asked me to go get ketchup, and I stood there shivering in fear because I was so afraid of people. So the scariest thing for me which actually launched me into where I am now. But the scariest thing for me was to ask for ketchup. Wow. And and, uh, right after that, she put me in theater. (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of fixed itself. (laughs) I'm no longer scared to ask for ketchup, but I am scared to ask for things that might benefit me or my family. I'm very scared to do that still. Um, I think that's a common a common occurrence for women. And I yeah. think that's part of why, you know, I felt inspired to have these conversations is for women to feel more empowered, to not feel apologetic or afraid to ask for things that are good and right to ask for, you know? Yeah. We're talking about healthy things. Healthy things. Right. Even even asking, um, I will go the spiritual side and even asking the Lord for those things. A lot of times we feel that um, he's too busy or I'm just whining or I can do something, you know, that I shouldn't bother him about. I can just do it. You know, and I feel like that's common, too. And so we're scared to ask the Lord for something. And and the word says, knock and the door will be open. Seek and you will find. Well, if you're too scared to knock and you're too scared to seek, yes. then go. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that's a good reminder. You actually already answered my next question, which was something on your bucket list. Oh, so you oh. would like to jump out of an airplane. I would. A perfectly good one, my husband would say. You want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Well, strap to someone else. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so a tandem. So strap to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can barely relate to either, you know, solo. And I, you know, I think that the double, I still wouldn't do it, but at least I can picture it. Yeah. Another big one on my bucket list is going to Paris. My whole house is decorated in Paris, and I want to go to Paris so badly. That's wonderful. That is a great one. We actually had a trip to France planned before Corona, and we had to cancel. So Uh, I would would have been able to pick you up a little something-something from Paris just for you. A baguette or some perfume, maybe. Okay. (laughs) One of your top... 10 movies or TV shows of all time. It can be something you're currently watching, something you loved as a kid, something from 5, 10, 20 years ago. 
but just one of those top 10 of all time. Okay, I have two. Okay. TV show and movie. Sure. So is Friends, for sure. Um, I have all 10 seasons on DVD. Wow. And I have season five twice because I ran that one into the ground. Uh, I love Friends. I grew up with it, you know, in the in the '90s when it was airing. So that was that was my jam, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) But I still love Friends. I will laugh hysterically at the same jokes over and over again. I love it, love it, love it. I quote it all the time. I love Friends. Um, I also love, and this is something that that frustrates me in life. I love that the stories and the the situations in friends always seem to get resolved and yet in life that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's always frustrated me. Like look, look, they they are resolving their issues. Why can't we do that? Right. Uh, but it know. did take a long time for the Rachel Ross thing to completely resolve. That is true and they really just resolved it because they were ending. <laughs> They they probably would have kept it going. And it's not even available right now except on a very obscure um, TV. I don't even know if we call them channels anymore, but some TV service that's it's not like one of the main ones that we know about. So you have it on DVD. So you've got it, you know, at your fingertips whenever you want it. I have it on DVD. And I, I was very sick, um, with my first pregnancy, um, so sick that I couldn't work. I was on the couch the whole time. And so I watched, I watched friends all the way through all 10 seasons, probably three times while I, while I was on the couch dealing with the horrible pregnancy. And then I also watched Smallville while I was super sick, but I I wasn't super into that one, but we just, a friend of ours lent us. There, they had all of Smallville, so we watched that. Um, movies for me, there is a movie called Emma, and it is it's kind of back in colonial times, and it's about um, it's based off of a novel, and it's um, it's about a young lady who tries to matchmake and does a horrible job of it. Um, but I love the costumes, I love the era, I love um, the you know. The conversation that means nothing. <laughs> I I love that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, I loved it so much that I named my daughter after that movie. Oh, okay. So I think, are you talking about the Gwyneth Paltrow version? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because there is a newer version. I don't know if anybody's been able to see it because of everything. And maybe it's out now. I don't know. And it's it's a a totally different take, and um, they did some interesting things with how they filmed it, um, including there's some nudity, and I wasn't real happy with that. So um, I don't think it needed it. I think they did it for the comedy of it. So it's a totally different style. Um, It's not my favorite. I prefer the other one. Okay, got it. Got it. The Gwyneth Paltrow one. Got it. Who would you want to be stuck on an elevator with? Oh, you had to be stuck on an elevator. Anybody at all. Who would you want to be stuck with? Okay. 
someone who would do a Ninja Turtles elevator scene with me. So, have you seen the Ninja Turtle movie? Um, only if we're talking about ones that took place when my grown son was in a Ninja Turtle. So that would be what, 20, 25 years ago. Okay. So in the, the recent Ninja Turtle movie, they are fighting the warriors and they have to go up so many flights, so many stairs in this big building to go and fight the the massive battle at the end of the movie. Right. So they get in the elevator and it's the four of them and their adrenaline is like pumping, pumping, pumping. And so they just start, rapping in the elevator and like you know beatboxing and stuff and it's hilarious and then the door opens at the top floor right and they put their game faces back on they go ah! and they run out and conquer you know but i've always wanted to do that just get in the elevator and beatbox and rap until the door opens oh very so good whoever would do that with me Probably my husband. My husband would do that with me. Okay. He's pretty, he's pretty right. fun that. So it or doesn't have. You know. Oh, I was just going to say, it doesn't need to be one of the official Ninja Turtles. Not necessarily. Yeah. Just anybody willing. Okay. Probably, probably Mikey. Mikey would be the funnest. Okay. <laughs> Very good. All right. So two truths and a lie. And I'm going to try to guess the lie. Two truths and a lie. Let me guess the lie. See how I do. Okay. All right. I'm going to look in one location so that you can't tell by my eyes. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I was a national roller skating competitor for 10 years. I have met the president, Bill Clinton. I, let's see, last one. Um, I have, uh, Maybe one more. Oh, um, I have sang in Carnegie Hall twice. Okay, we've got, did you say professional roller skater? Professional? National. National. Oh, national. Roller national roller skater met Bill Clinton and sang at Carnegie Hall twice. I'm going with uh, the lie being met Bill Clinton. That's correct. Oh, very good. I don't know why I was drawn to that one as the lie. I can, I can, I mean, you have a beautiful voice, so I could see that you may have had the opportunity somewhere along the way to sing in Carnegie Hall. Wow, what an opportunity. And then um, as long the professional part was going to throw me. If you said it was professional, then I was leaning towards that one, but... Wow, a roller skating champion. Roller skating. That's great. And national, yep. Now, I'll tell you a little quick little story about roller skating. I I used to, you know, roller skate, roller blade, all that. We have a lot of uh, boardwalks around uh, our the town that we live in. Something happens as you get a little bit older, and it's not as easy as it used to be. It's very sad, but true. Now, if you put me in a rink, not a problem. Not a problem at all. But put me on the sidewalk with those little grooves every, you know, two feet. Yeah. I just couldn't get enough momentum 
feel confident enough to get enough momentum to really sail like I used to. It was very disappointing. Very disappointing. Uh, the elements too and the pebbles on the oh, ground. Incredible. It all makes a difference. You have any bit of wind and you're you've got you've got some velocity issues, you know. Right. That's my sad confession for today. All right. <laughs> Bonnie, where do you find your worth? Your sense of worth? Where do you find that? In my love for the Lord, 100%. Okay. You know who you are. It is who I am. Everything I do, everything I hope to do um, is prayerfully guided by the Lord, 100%. Beautiful. If, if, if someone says to me, you find your worth in, in singing and you find your worth in doing this. And I, I would say, no, that's just something that I do. It makes me happy, but it is not, it is not where my worth comes from. Mm -hmm. I like that. You're very clear about that. Yes. What, what is one of the wisest things anyone has ever said to you? You know, we, we all have different little tidbits of wisdom that we kind of keep on a, you know, a roll in our minds. Uh, is there one in particular that stands out to you that you go back to time and time again? Um, there, there's definitely a few, um, but one of the wisest ones is, Something may be a good idea, but it's not a God idea. Mm. And learning to not, not be um, drawn by this whim or that whim, but really pray about what ideas are, um, what our ideas are uh, given from the Lord and not just, ooh, that looks fun. Ooh, that looks fun. So it might be a good idea, but it's not a God idea. I like that. Do you know where you got that from? I think it was my pastor's wife growing up. Okay. Uh, who is still in my life and she's still a mentor in my life. Um, my, my parents were what we call church hoppers. They would hop from whichever church made them feel the best at the time. And, um, they they hopped me to another church and I I was in junior high at the time and I I went into the junior high Bible study and realized that half of my school was in that room and I felt like I was home right away. Um, so when it came time for my parents to hop to another church, I asked them if I could stay and they agreed. So they let me go to that church every week and. Um, the pastor's wife there took me under as her daughter. Aww. And I, um, I called her, her, I called the pastor uncle and I called her Nana. Mm. So, and she was there for the birth of my daughter. Um, she was in the room. I asked her to be there and she was there. So she just became part of the family and she took care of me. So a lot of my, my nuggets of wisdom come from her. Oh, isn't that wonderful? So wonderful to have. Yeah, that was kind of mentors in your life. How do you have, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
I just said, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> what do you do to have fun? What makes you laugh? <laughs> karaoke nights with my kids. <laughs> uh, we have a very old karaoke machine and the microphones are horrible. And we just do karaoke nights. Like, and we literally have CDs, like they're old CDs with, you know, old McDonald's on it and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> And then all the 80s rock and roll that my husband loves. And then we even have a like a contemporary Christian music one that's got like Michael W. Smith stuff on it from forever ago. And we just we just sing our guts out and and laugh at each other <laughs> and have fun. And um, that is one of my favorites or any any type of game game night with my family um, is as of right now, is that's my most favorite thing to do. Right. And I've played games at your house with your family. It is a fun night. I agree with that. (laughs) It is fun, but I still think you miss the glory that is the pregnant cows. Yes. It's the the farming game. The farming game, yes. Taylor and I have a tough time getting behind the farming (laughs) game. (laughs) We may have to try again. You just have to have fun with things that don't make sense sometimes, you know? (laughs) But the farming game was made by a family that lives in the Tri-Cities area. And so the the board is set up like the Tri-Cities mountains, and it's got actual landmarks from that area. Um, It's basically another version of Monopoly, but with farm stuff, with cows and hay and grain and you know it's super funny and and every time you can purchase cows the card says you get so many pregnant cows well because baby calves are good right so our family moves every time you get a pregnant cow and it's like a requirement so every time we buy one we're like no and just have that was my cow and just have have a good time you have to have fun (laughs) (laughs) that is fun All right, we're going to head into some meteor topics, things that you and I talked about that we were going to be covering. So you said that the biggest thing on your heart right now, you've come up with a theme for that. And do you want to share what that theme is and then explain what all that means to you? And I'll kind of guide you as we go. Sure. Um, So as I was thinking and um, praying about this, the theme that popped into my head was peace in the bubbles. And I love it. Peace in the bubbles. um, I'll share, I'll share the meaning um, in a little bit, but just some, some backstory. Um, Almost a year ago, I was um, in a, uh, very traumatic experience. We had a, a shooting in our area and it was on the 4th of July in our, our town's 4th of July. Like, you know, every town has a place where they celebrate big community events and ours was in the big community area. And, um, they had a 4th of July celebration and right at, I, I went by myself with my four children at the time, um, one of which has graduated and gone on. Um, but with my four children at the time, we went down 
to watch the fireworks in this community area. My husband was serving in our church's fireworks booth and helping get everything packed up and stuff for the evening. And um, so I, we went down, we were fine. We had, you know, did all the fun things, went to the park and enjoyed the water by the, by the lake. And um, the fireworks were done and we were just as, just as we were starting to get up and fold our blankets, um, we heard police officer, I heard police officers yelling, get down, get down. I look over and about 10 feet away, they start opening fire on a young man. And there was about, from my eyes, there was about 20, 20 to 40 bullets that went into that area. Um, I could see the sparks flying mm. from the guns. When you say um, they, you're talking about the police officers were firing on these suspects. Is that what you're saying? There was one, one suspect. Yeah. One young man. Okay. okay. 10 feet away. And, uh, um, I, I then tell my children to get down. Alden, my son, my son was standing up. Uh, we were still sitting on the ground. My little boy was on the ground. Um, everybody else was sitting. Um, so I pulled him down on the ground. I lay my body across all of them, all four of them. And we just lay there waiting for whatever. And um, they stopped firing and they started moving around the park. And at this point, everyone's in panic and they're just running everywhere. There's people running everywhere. Um, some people didn't know what was going on. Some people thought that somebody lit off, you know, firecrackers to try and joke. Like not, there was so much confusion and just all this everywhere. And I'm shaking, but all I can think of is what if there's more, I've got to get my kids behind something safe. So I get the kids up and we run behind a food truck that's metal and we hide there for about 10 minutes. And um, my kids are crying. Um, my oldest, my oldest daughter was, uh, having reoccurring, reoccurring trauma experiences. So she was shaking. It was just the scariest thing we've ever been through in our whole entire life. Mm. Nobody was directing us or telling us what to do. And so we kind of just had to guess, which was super scary. Mm. So we, they were still moving all over the park, guns drawn, like mm. they were still searching for somebody. Mm. And so we just followed the crowd and tried to get back to our cars as soon as possible. Now, it's kind of interesting because my youngest daughter, you can tell that she has a gift to care for people because the whole way back to the car, she was trying to convince us that the sounds that we were hearing were something else. And her words were, it's just unicorn farts. <laughs> All you're hearing is unicorn farts. Obviously, she's younger. She's 10 now. But um, you're hearing unicorn farts, mom. It's okay. It's just unicorn farts. But that was her defense mechanism was right. to try and calm us down. So fast forward, we 
the city didn't provide any kind of um, any kind of uh, counseling for anyone. They were not equipped for that. Um, we called and asked, you know, for for counseling for something because we've got four kids that are horrified. They saw everything, and um, they need they need counseling for this. There is nothing. So um, my son has autism, and his counselor offered during our autistic sessions to counsel our whole family for free. Wow. And then she called the state and gave them a, a word or two, <laughs> but or the city, not the state, and and gave her a piece of their mind, her mind. But if we hadn't had that counseling, I don't know where we would be. It has been astronomically important, imperative to move us forward. Mm. My kids still, they still have. I cannot go down in that area at night. They're still very traumatized. They will not be in that area at night. Um, when you were with us um, for Christmas and we were walking the boardwalk, Emma froze and we had to pick her up and like try and get her around. My daughter tried froze and we had to get her mm -hmm. out of the area because she was petrified. Um, we're still dealing with that. Um, my youngest thinks there's bad guys everywhere. And um, he, it, anyone who's in black, he thinks is a bad guy. Anyone who's a police officer, he thinks is a bad guy. So there's just all this, um, there's just all this traumatizing things that have to be purged. It's not going to happen overnight, right? So it's just going to be purged. And for me, I am actually a trauma victim since I was five. And I don't know that you know this. No, I don't um, remember this. Um, but I was raped at age five. Mm. Um, I was raped, I don't know how many times, too many times to count. And mm. um, it all happened in my babysitter's house. Mm. Um, and so um, I have a huge heart for people who have been through trauma. Huge heart. Because it just, it just changes how you see the world. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so hard to get people to understand what you're going through. Now, since I had this trauma a year ago, I've learned that any kind of trauma reopens doors in your mind from past traumas. So I am now like dealing with an open door of, you know, you name it, dot, 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 having to reprocess everything because anything that my mind closed off is now open. Mm. And I'm dealing with all kinds of things that I never thought I'd ever have to deal with again. I am so sorry. I had no idea. I knew about, you know, the, the shooting incident, but I didn't know about the other and that all of that's too much. Oh, it's yeah. And then trying to be a mom to help your children process through this. Um, it's, it's just heart wrenching. Um, one of the things that happened, um, we were sitting next to the stage where all the music was and my, my therapist 
um, said that it's possible that my mind connected music to the trauma because I was right there. Now, I'm a vocal performer. My job is in vocal performance. My job is in teaching and educating kids in music. And what happened was I couldn't even be in the room when music was being played after this. Mm. It physically made me ache everywhere. And then it felt like someone was taking chopsticks and stabbing them inside my ears. Probably the way that most people feel when they have to go to like a kid's recital. (laughs) I mean, just, just that physical pain, I could not describe it other than it literally feels like someone is sticking chopsticks in my ears all the way into my brain. It hurt. So I couldn't go. I'm a, I'm a worship leader. I couldn't lead worship. I couldn't be in the church, like in the actual building. I had to go and sit in the hallway and just cry. It had a huge physical reaction and it some, for some reason it attached itself to music. Now ask anyone who loves to sing and who loves music. If you can't sing, I mean, that's like, taking your air away. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's awful. And, um, not to mention the people in, in my circle that I expected to have understanding, they don't understand and they don't understand why I'm still not singing. Um, it's not a choice. (laughs) I can tell you that it's not a choice at all. I would love more than anything to be singing right now. Um, but still nearly a year later, I am not, I am not able to do what I love. And, um, obviously there's other ways that I can do that. But again, it's like taking my breath away to be able to taking my air away to be able not, I just want to sing again. You know, I just want to sing, I want to sing and I want to sing loud and I want to do what I'm called to do. Well, you're, you're still healing. You're still healing. And I'm, I'm so sorry that you have anybody in your circle that is not supportive, encouraging, understanding, patient, all, all the things that, you know, that are called for in this situation to help you heal and give you that time. I, I that just, you know, I, I've, it's disappointing. It makes me angry. Um, yeah, I could go on and on. Where are you at now in your healing process? Well, it's, it's funny because, um, the coronavirus has brought about an unique, uh, situation for me. And we, I've been given two months off (laughs) And maybe, maybe more of, of work, of stress, of, um, even church of, uh, you know, of everything that requires attention from me or, uh, everything that requires stress in my life (laughs) or can cause stress in my life. I've gotten a break from, and I, I am learning, and this is where the theme comes from. I am learning to to be at peace in where I'm at. And so, um, I am 
every day I am sitting on my couch, spending time with the Lord, asking him to heal me, claiming that I am healed in the name of Jesus and moving forward little by little. I feel better every day, little by little. Um, like true trauma, there are things that pop up that you don't realize is a trigger and it is. Mm-hmm. And you have, when that happens, you have to just process through it. Um, but I, I'm doing better. I haven't had a panic attack in a long time. Um, I'm realizing there are some some work-related trauma um, that that I need to process through mm-hmm. that keeps coming up. Um, specifically with dealing with people, mm-hmm. um, that causes a lot of anxiety for some reason. Um, and I have to, I have to process through that. Um, I also just learn to see the things around me as a blessing. Um, my, my three-year-old, he is so hyper and <laughs> so full of, I, I mean, this morning, just actually, just right before we got on this call, he found a blue marker and colored his arms all the way up to his elbows. And he comes and he goes, look, mom, I made me an army man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, you know, get him in the tub and, and I wanted to, you know, scream my head off, but instead I looked at him and I said, Oh honey, that's nice. We're not going to do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and get him in the tub and scrub those arms down and, um, but he just, he requires so much attention. And I used to get very um, agitated with the amount of time that he requires because he is just so active and getting into stuff constantly. And when he doesn't, he screams. I mean, he's still in the temper tantrum phase. Um, so it's a very difficult season of life to be in. Um, but recently, all he's wanted to do is make bubbles outside. And he will ask me at all hours throughout the day if he can make bubbles. So what did I do? I went to the Dollar Tree and got him a big plastic um, plastic container, got some, some dish soap, and gave him a hose. <laughs> Filled it up with this soap and water and got him the biggest bubble maker thing I can find. And we just sit outside for hours and do bubbles. The kid, the other kids are inside doing their schoolwork, you know, and they're working independently, which I can be so thankful for right now. Um, and Jude and I just sit outside and we do bubbles. And as I'm sitting there, you know, making these huge bubbles because he wants the big ones, mom. I want big ones, mom. So we sit there and make these huge bubbles. I'm just gazing at the beautiful sky and the trees and listening to the birds and listening to them talk to us and realizing that there's so much healing in the little moments and so much peace in the little things in life and just taking a moment and you know, turning off the turning off the media, turning off the everything that seems to distract us and entangle us and cause us to worry, turn it off 
and enjoy those moments of healing and moments of simple things. Um, and I have to say that my crazy, hyper, super active child um, has helped me see peace in the bubbles. Mm, that is absolutely beautiful. I love that image. I love that this quarantine time has um, helped you heal. It has brought a, a different pace to your life, even though you're very active with the three kids you've got at home and um, you homeschool too, which let's throw that into the mix. So you're, you're ultra, ultra busy. All right. You're rejoicing in the small things, which I love. That is so important. And I, I do hope that's something that we all take with us into the next phase or whatever this next part or piece looks like what what is you know I think we talked about what's September gonna look like I think we we talked about that like um yeah well the um so in Idaho they're they're opening things up quite quickly um because we just haven't had any added cases um that I know of but the CDC, my job is attached to the schools. Um, I do an after-school job, which is great for me because I homeschool my kids. And um, it just works out perfectly. Uh, so the CDC uh, last week released their recommendations for what after-school or what, what their guidelines look like for getting the kids back into school. There are so many things on there that do not make sense for mental health. Mm. They don't make sense for emotional health. Um, I mean, why send them back at all is my thought. Um, the kids are not allowed to eat lunches in their cafeterias. Like, they can't do after-school activities at all. Mm. Um, cannot move from one classroom to another. So any child with special needs, any child with that has um, maybe needs extra help in math or extra help in reading, they will not get it because they they have to stay in that same classroom. Mm. Uh, they will not get that attention that they normally get. Just the, the basic way that the school functions is going to be completely different. So it's up to the state to choose to follow those guidelines or not. Um, so we will, we will see, we just all have to keep our eyes and ears open to see what the states are going to do mm -hmm. uh, and what their, their guidelines are going to be. Um, generally speaking, they tend to follow what the CDC recommends. Um, but if that is the case, then I will have to get creative, which I'm really good at. Um, and find another way to make money for, you know, the first part of, of the school year. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I will say I, I've been homeschooling my, my son for two years, my daughter, I just, I had this feeling that it needed to happen and I pulled her and it turns out it was just a week before all the, all the coronavirus stuff happened. Mm. I just had this discerning gut feeling that it needed to happen. I went back and forth for months over whether I was going to do it or not. 
And I went, you know what? It needs to be now. And I did it. I pulled her out and started homeschooling her. And then what do you know? Everybody else got pulled out a week after. So, Right. So at this point, you're going to continue that in the fall. Yes. yes. At this point, I will, I'm going to homeschool my kiddos. And you know, I'm all for the, the school district and everything that they're doing. They do great work there. Um, it's just my, my children really, really struggle with uh, the bullying factor. And um, I mean, my son was getting thrown up against lockers because he's autistic. Mm. And oh. that's just not going to happen. No, no. <laughs> no, no. And you know my oh. son. He's the yeah. on me. Right. That just is so heartbreaking. So um, Emma was, or my daughter was experiencing, you know, the same type of behavior and um, her grades were failing. She wasn't getting help from the teacher. Um, I noticed some behaviors that started popping up that were not healthy. And I went, you know what? It needs to be now. So um, fast forward, we've been at home. We've been having to process through all of those behaviors and just reassuring her, you know, look, mommy loves you and I'm here for you. You still have to do the work though. <laughs> <laughs> just because you throw a temper tantrum and you, you know, do this and do that. And it may have worked at school. Guess what? It doesn't work here. <laughs> You're strong. You're a very strong woman because you've you're, the ages of your kids are what three, ten and thirteen. Yeah, all yeah. My son Alden's almost fourteen. Okay, yeah, that's a big spread. It is. Well, the last one, the last one came as a. Um, I had just. I was almost done with my degree. Almost. Um. I, I, he was born in February and I graduated college in May. <laughs> so that last semester was real hard. Um, but, uh, that was kind of a, are we done having kids? Nope. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, it was kind of funny how that turned out, but it's fine. I mean, they haven't killed him yet. I'm sure it's <laughs> they've been close a couple times. <laughs> well, you're a good mama. I can attest to that. And you're also a good teacher and a, a great performer as well. You have so many talents. So is there anything that uh, we didn't get to talk about? Anything that we didn't cover? Any questions you have as we wrap up? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I just, I just want to encourage women, especially mamas right now. I know this is a super stressful time and it is, um, so weird. Like it's just weird. We don't, we don't know what to expect. I don't think that any of us growing up ever imagined so much uncertainty in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just something that you don't imagine when you're getting married on your wedding day. Um, and not only that, our kids have no clue what's going on and they don't understand a thing. And especially the little ones, it's very difficult for them. And, you know, though the States are starting to open up, 
it, it is way more relaxed here than it is anywhere, I think. Um, but I just want to encourage women to find the peace in the bubbles and to allow, um, allow this time to be a healing time and maybe allow this time to, you know, rediscover what your family is all about and enjoy farming games <laughs> and singing horrible karaoke with your family and, um, you know, and rediscover your spouse. Maybe your spouse has been neglected or you never see each other, or maybe you're, you know, what do you call those? You're passing in the wind and you just give them a high five as you go out the door. We've had those moments too, mm-hmm. where you're just doing everything that you can to survive. Right. And not, not taking time out for your spouse. So I encourage you to use this time to find find those moments where you can love on your spouse and find those moments where you can redefine your family and uh, you won't regret it. Well, and I think too, those are obviously great pieces of advice. And for those who are married and have kids, you know, that's right on, uh, right on point. I do think, though, in and amongst all of that, Bonnie, that you have managed to do a lot of um, healing of yourself and exploring kind of what you want to do next outside of wife and mother. I, I feel like you've somehow you are able to juggle all those balls at one time in a healthy way. I mean, you haven't forgotten yourself in the equation. Yes, there they are. You have not forgotten yourself in this equation of homeschooler, uh, you know, which means, you know, your major full-time mom, uh, you know, Chris is busy working, but you guys have this really solid, fun, great marriage, and you haven't forgotten yourself in all this. You really haven't. I applaud you for that. I see that. I think I had a um, a friend, uh, and I, I wish I knew the name of it, but I don't. But she ran me through. This was uh, probably two years ago. Um, she ran me through a, a, it's a prayer journey where um, you think about a feeling that you're having and, uh, you know, like, Oh gosh, I hate it when my spouse leaves laundry on the bathroom floor. As simple as that, like that kind of feeling. And you discover what that is, but you pray that you figure out where the root comes from. And when you Mm -hmm. figure out where the root comes from, you just pray that God removes it. Mm -hmm. Well, in that, in that prayer session, I identified two things that have changed my life. Number one, that God can order my day according to his will. Mm-hmm. And number two, that I'm not good enough, but he is. Mm-hmm. God. And I wrote those two things on a sticky note, and I look at them every single day. God, you can order my day according to your will. Because honestly, my life is a mess without him. I need him. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot order anything without God. Um. And I'm a people pleaser and I'm constantly trying to figure out how to please people. And the only one I need to worry about pleasing is God and everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And 
the the reason the reason why I am doing well now is because I have made a commitment to reading the word of God every morning. I write down the things that I want to pray about, the things that I need to pray about, and I write down my goals. Um, during this time, I've also been just constantly listening to books um, on Audible. I find leadership books. Um, one of the best books I could ever suggest, uh, which you wouldn't think about it, it's called Dream It, Pin It, Live It. <laughs> Dream It, Pin It, Live It. And it's about defining the goals that you have that you want to accomplish in the next 12 to 18 months and then visually posting it all over your house, writing it down. And it, it like helped Chris and I find focus. It helped us define what we were about as a family. And I love it. And we're always like trying it. And one of those things is the new thing that I want to do with my life over the next few months. And I prayed over it. I wrote it down. I wrote my goals down. Um, I even wrote my work goals in there, like specifically in my job. What are my goals? And guess what? Every single one of them happened because I was looking at it and I was focusing on it. And, you know, when you have a flashlight and you use it in the darkness, you see what the flashlight allows you to see, right? Mm -hmm. It's just pointing your flashlight to what needs to be seen. Right. So what is it that you need to focus on? I don't need to look at all the things at once. I just need to focus on 10, right? And um, it's helped us in our finances. Anyway, so. Great advice. One of the the reasons why I can juggle the way that I do is because I am constantly working on myself. I'm constantly um, listening to books. I'm listening to three different books right now. Um, That's great. (laughs) Leadership books, self-help books, anything I can do to move myself forward. I'm done being stagnant it's time to launch (laughs) excellent love launching launching is great time to launch let's do it time to launch time to launch very good well bonnie this has been an absolute privilege to talk with you i'm thankful for technology because it allows us to do things like this to be able to talk across the states in real time and your story is very, very, very sad, but then there's so much goodness and well, and hope that comes from it that I'm hoping that the listeners really grab onto that part of it. Because of course, that's not the kind of thing anybody would sign up for. And yet there you were, it was happening and you all are healing from it. And there's hope that came because of it. And, um, you know, we, we do go through very difficult things. We, this world is not perfect. It is not our home. It is, it is, it is broken and broken things happen every day. How we deal with those things is, are, are what matters that, you know, the way we deal with those things and who, who we say we are and who we uh, 
whose we are and how we respond really says a lot about our beliefs and the core of who we are. Thank you for shining a light on who you are, sharing with us so much of yourself in a really raw and vulnerable way. I I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate that kind of authenticity. I think it's not valued nearly enough in the world today. And I, I want to help make women, and men too, but obviously this podcast is geared for women, feel comfortable enough and safe enough to, to, to be who they are. So thank you for helping us do that today, Bonnie. Such You're a welcome. pleasure. I'm going to look, check out that book too. Hey, I'll let oh. you know when this all gets put together. I'll let you know. And then you can take, you and Chris can take a listen. You can let me know what you think. Okay. Okay, friend. I love you. Love you too. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Despite going through traumatic events, Bonnie is determined to make the very best out of her life by healing and living well. Bad things can break you if you let them, or they can actually give you a deeper compassion for others and yourself. You can heal if you're open, and you can help your loved ones do the same. As ever, we are grateful you spent this time with us at Unabashed You. On the website, each episode has a corresponding blog, pictures, and quotes for inspiration at unabashedyou.com. And you can email us at unabashedyou at gmail.com. Bonnie, thank you for recording this episode with me. We learned from you today. And for you and us all, the following blessing. The love of God be the passion in your heart. The joy of God be your strength when times are hard. The presence of God, a peace that overflows. The word of God, the seed that you might sow. Amen. Women, today, be unabashed. Be you.